Hey guys, today we are talking about maybe one of the most divisive issues in today's culture, politics. So come along with us, and hopefully you enjoy it. All right, man. Well, hopefully we don't lose half of our viewer, viewership here. So. Yeah, well, I don't know what the thumbnail is going to look like for this one. But <laughs> Maybe we'll, some uh, knives and some blood or something. We'll see, <laughs> see what happens here. We'll try to be yeah. nice. Yeah. So one nice thing guy. that I, I know that it's a big, big issue nowadays that we, you know, it seems like everything is political. And, you know, as we get into this conversation, I think there's a reason for it, but but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I kind of wanted to get your view on where you kind of sit in politics and kind of what you what you think uh, today looks like in the political landscape. Yeah, well, obviously this is a, kind of a, a big rabbit hole to go down here. But so first of all, you know, whenever we you know, in my job in law enforcement and working at Tombstone Gun Range and and kind of being in the public eye a little bit and kind of in, in our line of work, people are pretty interested a lot in what you believe. Mm-hmm. And they're always asking our opinions about all kinds of things because um, whether we're experts in marriage, obviously, like on the last episode. Absolutely. Oh, the world's firearms. experts. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever the case is, people are interested to get your opinion about things. And politics is no different. People, we see it, you know, in entertainment, you know, in inter- on the internet, YouTube, whatever. Everybody wants to hear what somebody's got to say politically. And it's, you know, for the most part, a lot of it is entertainment value, but a lot of it is also rooted in everybody's, and that they're, core i believe people are frustrated they're frustrated at what they see on tv in the news about politics and politics is just so wild and crazy now that you never know really what to believe or who to believe and it's kind of just a media circus all the time and it's just normal people living in southern illinois you know that's not kind of our lives we deal on a much smaller scale we deal with kind of the same issues that affect us but it's kind of a it's a it's a different issue because it affects real life people real families and we want to see some type of connection there so people get frustrated real quick with the i guess the show of it all and it's any whether you're, it's a, a news channel or any type of media outlet, it's always entertainment. And it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's ABC News or Fox News or CNN, they're all in the entertainment business. And as we get to talking here about kind of our beliefs and stuff, I will not shy away. I'll, I'll try and describe my political leanings here without getting into like 50 different issues. But I definitely lean towards being conservative and I try to be reasonable about that, especially when it comes to our conversations. And I think my first, probably my first rule with all this, the politics is don't get into this with your family. Do not. And yeah. and I've got family. I've got all kinds of family that are very liberal and I love them like crazy. We never talk about politics. And I think if you want to ruin a relationship with a family member as fast as you possibly can 
start telling them why they're wrong in their political beliefs. Yeah. And it, it might be it. It might be the last time you ever talk to them, and it's just not worth it. That little part of your brain about how you believe politically compared to your entire relationship with your family in your, over the years and, or whatever, it's not worth it. And you can have a relationship with your family without ever, ever talking about politics. And everything will be A-OK, <laughs> I, I promise. Well, that would be my first rule is just if you know it's going to be a problem, then don't talk about it. Talk about football or basketball or, or whatever. Just don't. It's probably not worth it. Now, when we get on here on the old interwebs and talk about our political beliefs, there's a lot of people out there watching that are curious and want to hear that. And I think this is a good format. I think this is a good forum to get into our beliefs. And it's not going to be a debate show, but I think it's uh, leaves room for sanity in your relationships at home or with your family. Yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. I think that one of the biggest divisive things that we've seen, especially in the last like three, four years, is that we've seen families torn apart over whether it was COVID or, you know, the riots that happened in 2020 or just the political landscape of, you know, it just seems like the pendulum as far as the swinging of the pendulum is just, it seems like it's more violently moving back and yeah. forth who, than it ever who, has. Who would have ever thought that families... Entire families could have been destroyed over trying to figure out whether or not a mask works. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow. Yep. Like this has really gotten serious in a in a hurry. And you yeah. and you see how quickly just people tend to it's almost just like you're letting the dogs loose on each other and you don't really realize what's going on and the damage that can happen. Um, and so you gotta pay attention, you gotta be self aware a little bit about the context. Uh, what you're talking about these things with and and who your audience is and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, if you get invited to some college to do a debate and everybody wants to, you know, yell and scream, and that's a, a good forum for that. Yeah. But resist the urge to prove to everybody in your family and prove to all your friends that you're right and they're wrong. It's you got to be delicate with that and just be aware of the – how quickly that can, can go bad. Yes. Yes. And I have a lot of friends that I would say they definitely are on the other side of the spectrum. Um, I'm definitely in the same camp as you and the conservative side. I wouldn't classify myself as a Republican. I don't really attribute myself to any political party because I, I honestly, I'm one of those people that's frustrated with what's going on because it seems like everything's moving in one direction and all we have in Washington is a bunch of people that are enriching themselves that want to just one moves the football faster than the other, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And I think that one, one political party probably has policies that a lot of people don't agree with. And when they see those policies and they go to the other one and the other one is just inept, they don't know what to do. Yeah. And, or they have maybe what we would consider good policies and don't, uh, don't enact them and don't stand behind them. They kind of fold over Everybody's like, well, these guys aren't doing anything, so it's just this pendulum that yeah. moves back and forth and back and forth, and it's just says it's, it's it's detrimental to the country because um, we we want those people to be representative of us, not to be um, in this club, this elite club in Washington D.C. where they're all going and rubbing shoulders together, and and then when they get like you said, the show, they get on the floor, all of a sudden they're they're 
angry, brutal enemies, and then all and then they all go out to dinner afterwards because yep. that happens. Yep. Yep. So one of my number one rules for me when it comes to to politics is be open minded. So I I have very strong beliefs politically on how I think about things, but I'm always there's some things that nobody's ever going to change my mind on, but I am willing to sit and listen to you. Mm -hmm. If you did want to have a conversation with me about it, I'll listen to you all day long. Some people in certain parties really shy away from the other party because it's like there's a line in the sand. We're enemies. We can't be in the same room together. I can't be near you because you're this type of person. And uh, I think that's a little shallow and you have to be open-minded. You have to be willing to listen regardless of what you're, belief is and it doesn't mean we're gonna be changing a whole, whole lot of minds like i said but you know i try to be i try to be well-rounded as possible and there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time researching stuff all over the place all different sides but you have to be you can't just close yourself off and, and paint yourself into a corner so you're just just one-sided you know i you know when it comes to you know do i watch fox news yep Sure do. Do I watch ABC nightly news almost every night at five thirty? Yep, sure do. Do I tend to lean towards one of those more than the other? Yeah, I do. But I'm still I'm man enough to where I can sit there and watch ABC nightly news with David Muir and not go cry in a corner or have to go to a safe room after I've spent thirty minutes watching ABC news. Yeah, big deal. You know. ABC News is a fairly liberal news channel. So what? They got yep. news. I want to see what's going on. Yep. And I'm I can I'm honest enough, <clears throat> intellectually honest enough to where I can sit and listen to that. I'll listen to Stephen Colbert or, you know, Bill Maher or whoever. I can sit and listen to them for 30 minutes and and listen to what they have to say. They might not change my mind. Uh, but you have to be open enough to just be able to listen to somebody without freaking out yeah right. like can we just set a baseline of let's have a conversation if we want to and everybody's going to be mentally strong enough to understand the big picture of these are just ideas we're floating around out here and let's just talk about them if we want to for a little bit without having a, a meltdown just because it's the other side yeah i mean this is kind of crazy for me to say but I have found myself in the last couple of years agreeing with Bill Maher more than I ever thought I would in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that he's talked about where I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because he's thinking critically and he's trying to put aside his own personal bent to pursue truth. Not always, but I've seen, I mean, more than probably a dozen occasions in the last couple of years where I'm like, oh, that's actually a very good point. And that's actually you know, intellectually honest and he's pursuing the truth and no matter where that leads him. I think another guy that I've that I've started seeing with the pursuit of truth is probably Joe Rogan with his podcast. He's mm -hmm. he has a lot of different viewpoints on and he you know, have a liberal guy on, then I'll have a super conservative guy on. And he's always asking the questions that kind of lead him to, hey, what is the truth here? And I think that that's probably the most important thing for us to pursue in mm -hmm. politics is truth i think that 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 should reign supreme so if the if the truth leads you to a more liberal point of view if it's the truth it's the truth um, if it leads you to a more conservative view then that's where we should go you know so 
because the truth is always going to lead back to the ultimate truth, which is God. Mm -hmm. And you see people, even a guy like uh, Jordan Peterson, who was a liberal college professor a few years ago and got involved in a couple of things and his pursuit of truth. And now he's doing full studies of the Bible, you know? So you see this guy kind of start to pursue truth. And now he's talking about Jesus and, and, and all of these things in the Bible. And, and, and you see this shift in his outlook and where he's actually tearing up when he's talking about God. And it's like, you see this kind of transformation and I don't know where he's at as far as his, you know, his spiritual walk or his faith, but it just feels like he's headed in that direction because he's pursuing truth. Yeah, and that's the ultimate thing that people are always frustrated with when it comes to politics <clears throat> is you might be watching somebody giving a speech and they're talking about either the things they've done or going to do or what the problems are in the country, and you know it is 100% complete BS. Yep. And I'd say I don't know what percentage of words that are coming out of any politician's mouth are complete BS, but – it's a high percentage. And it's funny when you talk about like Bill O'Reilly from Fox News years ago, Bill O'Reilly. The reason that guy was so popular when he first started on Fox News is because he was a type of host that you couldn't get away with a BS answer. If a politician or somebody came on his show when he asked him questions like, hey, what's what's going on uh, you know, with the southern border? And if a politician gave some answer like, you know, everything's fine or we're doing everything we can he would not let him off the hook yep. and he kept digging and kept digging and kept digging. And people felt like a, finally a sense of relief. Finally, somebody on a news station that didn't let a politician get away with a fluffy BS answer. Mm -hmm. Why should politicians ever be able to answer somebody with just a general vague answer that just make up to appease you in your question and not answer it? Yeah. It drives me absolutely bonkers. I think that's why, People, I can't imagine working like in the White House secretary pool uh, because listening to whether it's a Republican in office or a Democrat and a news person asks a question and you just get the runaround, it's like every single answer is the runaround. And I know I get some things with national security and all that. You can't just give everybody all the details. But, man, we just don't want the runaround all the time. And people get very, very frustrated. I'm very frustrated with the runaround when the obvious true things all of a sudden are said to be not true right to your face. And you know, like, hey, here's this red book, but it's blue. And they tell you it's blue right to your face. And you're like, no, it's not. I'm looking at it. And they say it anyway. And in politics today, that the trend is if they just say the non-true thing a hundred times or more, somehow it just becomes true and you have to deal with it. Yeah. And that becomes frustrating. So the whole political spectrum is driving people crazy. And like you said, I think more and more people are not identifying as Republicans or Democrats. They're, you know, drawing away from that and just, you know, just have to make a decision based on no political party, which is very difficult because for both parties, especially in the presidential election, it's almost always the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. There's never the great guy. I do think we have to separate ourselves from wanting every candidate to be the perfect person. Mm -hmm. And because what happens is you decide to side with your person and then you try to make them into that perfect person. Well, my guy is so good. It's not really, it shouldn't really be about the president and their, 
moral stance really. You're not voting for a person and how good or bad of a person that person is. Because at this point, by the time you get to be running for president, you owe a lot of people a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so much money involved. I, I mean, good grief, you got to have like a billion dollars to run for president or something. Yep. What kind of – this is crazy stuff we're talking about. Um, and so politically speaking, I think we have to kind of just decide for the candidate, like what are they going to be able to do? And I hate to be the person that's like, well, I think both candidates are – morally just not good people so i'm not gonna vote for anybody and some people have made that decision so you pull back and i don't necessarily think that's a good decision either you could take a stand and say well i'm gonna vote for some third party guy that has zero chance of winning just like and so it becomes a mess it's difficult there's no easy solution i don't know if it's ever going to change it seems like this whole political process is snowballing and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's always, no matter who wins the election, the other side is going to say it was stolen. Yep. And or you elected Hitler. And there's going to be or, 5 million lawsuits after every election. Yeah. It's like, golly. And on, on a side note, surely to goodness, there's somebody out there that can come up with a better way for us to vote in 2023, 24, whatever. You know, if you watch an episode of American Idol, on the finale, everybody watches, and they have their candidates, and everybody at home gets out their phone, and they vote for the person. And voting ends at 7 o'clock. <coughs> and at 7.01, you know everybody won. knows who the winner was. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's you know, I know electronics can be hacked. There's probably ways that people could infiltrate that system, but... Look what you already have on your phone. You've got probably, I bet you have an app to your bank that you can check your bank account balance on your phone. That's pretty private information that you have on your phone that you trust that there's a company that can send you that information to only you and nobody else can have it. So with two-factor, three-factor authentication, email, phone numbers, there has to be a way to where every American citizen can pick up their phone on whatever the voting day is, and yep. said, there's my person, and we have the results. And I would take that in a heartbeat over what we've got now because there's not really any faith in the system anymore, no matter what side you're on. Yeah, I think that yeah, when you look at <laughs> you look at certain states, and we won't get too deep into that, but you know, you have a state like Florida that was like the third or fourth largest state in the country. Last presidential election, they were done counting votes four hours after the polls closed with a massive, massive. They have tons of large cities and large metropolitan areas, tons of all of these things that, and they were able to get that done. And then you have states that are smaller than that, that it was like two weeks later that we're, we're still counting votes. As long as there's people in some back room of some stadium somewhere just going through bins of votes. Nobody's going to have a lot of confidence. Well, well yeah, and that's what that's on. what I was going to say is like the longer that something takes, it's like a sporting event. If there's a controversial call, and it's pretty obvious to the the spectators what actually happened, but then the refs are sitting there for 10, 15 minutes mulling this over. You're like, what are they trying to pull? This is you know this is this doesn't yeah. seem right. This seems very very much like 
Are they trying to rob somebody of something? You know, it, it, it just, you get very, very uh, leery and unconfident in what's going on. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we can do as Christians, if we're, if we're talking about where we should stand on political issues, I think that there are a few verses in the Bible specifically that talk about this. Um, Jeremiah is the first one that comes to mind. And it's the verse that talks about being, be concerned with the welfare of the land that you live in. And the context of that was that the Israelites were captives. They were in Babylon. They didn't have, they weren't in their own country, but God was telling the children of Israel, be concerned with the welfare of the country that you're living, that you're living in, because that is the, that welfare is your welfare. The success of that country is your success. And I think that that's a, that's a message for the Christians that may be on the sidelines that are like, oh, I don't really want to get involved in politics. It's so messy. It's so um, just ugly. And I don't really want to, it just makes me feel icky is we have a unique opportunity in this country. We we're run differently than really any other country on the face of the planet in that, uh, we do have a voice and that is represented proportionally to each one of our individual states. We all have an equal say that is proportional. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing that we have the opportunity to actually vote for all of our local leaders, all the way up to the president, the leader of our entire country, our entire nation. And we should not shy away from that. Instead, I think that we should carry our Christian views, our Christian worldview to into the political arena, we should not be shying away from voting, but instead we should be saying, how does this politician, this political party, how do they line up with what the word of God says and take it on a case by case basis, full disclosure. I voted for both Democrats and Republicans in my lifetime because I saw one that agreed with my, that lined up with my worldview, trying to put it through the prism of the Bible and what God says about what we should be carrying into the world. And so I voted for both parties and I will continue to do that because I'm not tied to a political party. I am tied to what the Bible <clears throat> says. And I think that if we get that mindset, we can actually have an effect on the changing of the culture and the changing of the direction that we're headed. Yeah. Full disclosure, I voted for Ross Perot. <laughs> if you don't know who that Ears. was, if you don't know who that was, hit the old Google machine on that. And the whole point of that was he was the outsider. Yep. Never involved in politics. They came to the debates just destroying everybody else with truth bombs. Like this guy, you know, he has zero experience in politics and might have been a complete disaster as a president. But I thought, you know what? I'm tired of the same old thing. I'm tired of the same old people talking the same way and just BSing their way through politics. And it was refreshing to hear somebody come along yep. and tell everybody the truth about what's really going on. And so that's kind of, you know, what I think everybody deep down is looking for. Nobody wants to, you know, vote for career politicians. I don't think so. You know, and that should be, you know, there's, you know, 5 million different topics we got. Yeah. You know, we could have 47 episodes here. 
But you do see the people that seem to be in politics a long time, whether you're in the Senate for 50 years. Like, come on. Like, what is really going on here? You're really looking out for us more than you're looking out for you. And people just sniff that out and can read that uh, that type of thing. So term limits, you know, those type of things, you know, would probably be probably do a lot of people a lot of good. And, you know, so there's a, a lot of things that need to be worked on, obviously. But I'm curious for you and I'll talk about this with me, too. But what kind of things kind of drove you to believe a certain way was it how you grew up in church or was it life experiences or was it job are there certain things in your life that helped mold you into a certain political viewpoint absolutely my first off i would start with faith definitely it definitely has an effect on on my worldview and my political views i think that there's a couple of there are a couple of subjects that specifically I would say they're just not they're not up for debate with me. One of them would be the life issue. I am very very much pro life, and I don't I don't shy away from that. And I think that that is that is definitely a hot button issue with you know recent Supreme Court rulings and all of those things. But I definitely stand for life. Um, it's not really up for debate. The other, the other things, obviously, I'm a very big Second Amendment uh, supporter, and I don't shy away from that at all. I think that in the realm of politics, when you have any time that a politician is talking about gun control or anything like that, they're talking about taking the rights of law-abiding citizens away. You know, this is a police officer. Mm -hmm. They don't, that doesn't mean that criminals are going to just, oh, well, there's a law. There's a law now that I can't have a gun. No, that's not what that means. And I think that some have, have this altruistic, like they think that they're doing something for the better good, uh, but they don't really understand what they're talking about. They don't really understand the ramification. Most politicians are protected by guys with guns and we don't, you know, we don't have the luxury of paying for private security. Mm-hmm. We don't have the luxury of being that, uh, that, that fortunate to, to hire guys with guns that were probably ex special forces to protect us. So it's on us. And, and I do think that anytime you look historically at gun control or anything like that, it is very much has an ulterior motive <clears throat> that has never been good. It's never been a good thing. I was actually doing some research today about this. Um, I won't get too deep into that because we could do a whole five episodes on gun control and the history of all of this and why it's bad, but that's definitely a big issue. Um, I think my children, anything that affects my children directly, so a lot of the new stuff with uh, with the gender, I, I, I call it madness, I think, that God created us as men and women and set forth roles and, and, uh, characteristics of males and females that I think that that is under assault right now. And it's being propagated in the classrooms with little kids. You know, there's a big hot button issue about that. That's definitely another big issue, but overall, definitely my faith in the belief in, in natural rights and, um, and, our ability to have 
our own destination, our own uh, pursuit of happiness in our own hands is very, very important. I think less government is actually better than more. Yeah, big time. And that's, you know, I think really, you know, I'm pretty much anti-government. And come and being a police officer for 30 years, to say things like, you know, anti-government, it almost sounds, you know, are, is a law enforcement agency government? Yes, yeah, local government. But I think all of us are, we, we have a desire to be, left alone and it doesn't mean we're trying to cheat the system it just doesn't mean it means we don't want to be overburdened and pressed down by people that are telling you what's best for you like hey this 44 ounce route 44 from sonic is no good for you so we're gonna make no good for you we're gonna make it illegal yeah like well shouldn't i be able to decide whether I, i could do that and so in the political world we hear this a lot you don't need who needs an ar-15 who needs a big gulp? Who needs these things? And you know, certain people say, well, we really don't think there's a good reason. We don't think you need that, so we're going to try to make it illegal. And the thing is, it's not a bill of needs. It's a bill of rights. So there's a lot of things in our lives that you might not need. Let's, let's take, for example, Rosa Parks. She got off work one day and was on the bus and, and wanted to sit at a certain seat in the bus. And the bus driver said, nope, you got to get up and let a white person sit there. And she's like, no, not happening, not moving. She got arrested. And later on, you know, through that whole court system, they decided that, you know what, Uh, she can sit anywhere on the bus because it's her right to sit anywhere on the bus. As an American, doesn't matter what color you are, Mm -hmm. white, black, whatever, you can't discriminate based on that. It was her right. There wasn't you. You could say, well, she didn't have a need to sit anywhere on the bus. She was going to get from point A to point B, no matter where she was on the bus. Yeah. So she didn't need to change seats. There was no need for that. It was her right to do that or God given right to be treated equal. And so when you say, well, you don't need this thing or you don't need that. You're missing the point. It has nothing to do with what somebody needs or not. It's about what is it? Is it their right to do that or not? And we've got it written down in a constitution or in a bill of rights. And so, you know, when, when the good guys, you know, there's so many good guys out there in America when it comes to the second amendment that protect their towns, their communities, their families would never dream of committing a crime ever. Yeah. And when we get told that we're the bad guys, very frustrating, very, very frustrating. And we're actually the superheroes. We're the ones making sure our neighborhoods and communities and our families are safe. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. And so when it comes to kind of what drove my beliefs politically, you know, growing up, you know, wasn't really, didn't really grow up in church like I've talked about. Went to high school. Uh, my parents were pretty much opposite politically my dad was pretty conservative my mom was pretty liberal they both voted opposite they should have even gone to vote because they canceled each other out every year but they did you know and so and they never really pushed one way or another about how i should believe or what i should think politically speaking just we never had those conversations uh, at all and then in, in, in college i think the first time you know when i voted when i was 18 or the well 
I have to look back. I was probably 20 something when I voted for president the first time, but you know, you're just a kid. You're 18, 19, 20 years old. Like, what do you know about politics? Mm. Nothing. You don't have any real life experience and you think you do you think you know you sit on the internet and and look at youtube videos all day about all these experts and you and you go to college and people tell you certain things and all and you have all these ideas Mm -hmm. that's all they are is ideas if you haven't lived it if you haven't had an experience with it it's just all pretend you're pretending that's that's it so your experiences, your real life experiences will drive your beliefs. If you've never been carjacked before and nothing bad has ever happened to you before, you probably believe that nothing bad could ever happen to you because mm-hmm. it's like, well, what could possibly happen? But if you've been sexually assaulted before in some you know, parking lot leaving work or you've been carjacked or robbed at a gas station – you know that there's bad guys out there and it's possible that bad things could happen to you. And those experiences drive your beliefs about whether you think you should be able to carry a gun to protect yourself or not, for example. So the people that have been raped and robbed and home evaded before, their experiences tell them, you know what, it might be a reasonable idea for me to have a gun to protect myself. The people that that's never happened to before would probably say, why would you need a gun? Why would you like, that's just dumb. Well, you know, why would you ever need to do something like that? It's because they haven't been there. They haven't lived it. They haven't had those experiences yet. So the older you get and in my law enforcement career, I started seeing real life, real life things as far as the criminal justice system and how it worked and how it didn't work. And I started to lean probably more conservatively because I really wanted the criminal justice system to be pretty harsh on criminals and not give people third, fourth, fifth chances. And let's put some people in jail if you do a drive-by on a house and shoot up an apartment and almost kill a bunch of people instead of just letting them go. You see how real life works. And so uh, it's... That's what really kind of drove my, and I'm not saying every cop out there is conservative. I have a ton of cop friends that believe differently politically for me just because they have different life experiences Mm -hmm. and we get along. We work great together. Like we didn't just, I didn't say I can't go on a call with you because you're Democrat. Like this is ridiculous. We're able to put all that beyond, beyond us. But I think that (coughs) my career kind of drove my, my beliefs politically in a lot of ways. It always seemed like the more conservative politicians supported law enforcement more, supported Second Amendment rights more. I'm not saying always, especially on a local level, like small towns, Democrats were always very pro-Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. very pro-hunting. Like it was completely different than it is today as far as political parties but on a national level it kind of seemed like that's where the the support was and of course you're going to lean towards a group of people that support you and your beliefs you're going to gravitate towards that Um, and so I think that kind of drove some of my political leanings of being in law enforcement being involved heavily in firearms having a range obviously 
And then, you know, obviously my Christian beliefs also drove that heavily. And it doesn't mean like we talked about earlier that you're trying to find the right, perfect, wholesome person to be the president. I don't know if we're ever going to find that anymore ever again. There are some pretty good candidates out there besides the top two right now. Yep. That you might be like, yeah, I think these people are pretty decent. <clears throat> but ultimately, it's probably going to be Biden and Trump. If Trump's not in jail, <laughs> it'll probably be those two. And then what do you what do you decide? You're going to have to let your conscience decide for you. And I would suggest don't, in that situation, probably you're not voting for the character of the person. You're voting on whether or not that person is going to support what you believe in. Yeah. Because if you look at everything else that we support, that we buy, you go to the gas station. Let's say you go to the gas station two blocks from your house to get gas every morning. Do you know about the person who owns that gas station? They might be a horrible person that owns a strip club and, you know, is abusive to his wife and a lot of other things. But you support him every day by getting gas at his gas station. So are you going to go get gas somewhere else? Are you going to do research on the owner? Are you going to figure out the moral character of every single owner of every business that you buy from? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. So I wouldn't, so don't make it such a strong point of contention of, of believing that the person you're voting for has to be the perfect moral person i don't know maybe and i'm open to listen to people people to say maybe it's a horrible thing maybe i just don't realize it maybe it's a really horrible thing to vote for somebody that's not that good of a person but i think if they stand for things that you really believe in big principle big picture wise i think you have to have to lean that way yeah i i I would agree with that i think that really what it comes down to is we're all imperfect people for us to sit you know it brings me to mind of the story of the the samaritan woman uh that's caught uh or wasn't samaritan woman but the woman that was caught in an adulterous affair and the pharisees bring her they're gonna stone her and they're trying to trap jesus in this moment and jesus just calmly says he writes some stuff on the ground and then he calmly says Whoever, whoever is sinless, you can cast the first stone. And I think that that's something that we, we forget because we have this kind of self-righteous oh, feeling yeah. of, oh, well, I'm better than that person. Well, maybe. You ever committed a sin in your life? You ever missed the mark? Because the word sin is literally an archery. Mm-hmm. Its, its root is in a term of archery, which literally means just to miss the mark. Yeah. Have you ever missed the mark? Absolutely. Everybody has. Are we all imperfect? Oh, yeah. We are yeah. all imperfect. And so for us to pridefully act like we're just better than somebody else because maybe, you know, maybe they in the past cheated on their wife or was a philanderer or, or whatever. No, we don't really have the right to stand up and say that. Now, on the, in the same breath, I would say, I do think that character and principles matter. If you can find a candidate that is a very principled person and has a lot of moral character, vote for that person, absolutely. But the reality is, is sometimes you don't have that choice. 
And sometimes we actually have to make a choice based off of which person aligns more with my worldview than the other. Yeah. And it, it ends up being somewhat of a binary choice. It's yeah. a lesser of yeah. two evils. And let's be obvious. Let's be, <clears throat> let's be truthful here. Joe Biden has no idea what he's doing. And he's not in control of the presidency at all. He's making zero decisions. That's the truth. And I love to hear what somebody has to say to convince me otherwise. Donald Trump is a butthole and likes to make fun of people and doesn't act like a Christian. And he acts like a little kid and is very juvenile and people can't stand his personality. Yep. That's the truth. Yep. About both those people. And so you have to get past all that stuff and boil it down to if you're a Democrat, well, are there people, are there Democrats in that administration that are going to help forward what I believe in? Then, yeah, they'll vote for Biden again because everybody knows uh, that he's not really running the show and that other people are fine, whatever. But the, the part that's frustrating is when people come on TV and say, Joe Biden is totally fine. And he does make presidential decisions like this is not that's not happening. No. Or when people get on TV and say Trump is the greatest person ever. And Cheeto Jesus and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, orange <laughs> Jesus, Cheeto, whatever. Yep. Like, you know what? Be we let's just be intellectually yep. honest. We don't have to say we don't have to make stuff up to make a point. Let's just get, you know, we can say the truth about those things. It's, it's, it's obvious to everybody. Yes. So why pretend, why make things up? We see when, it, when people are really dug in for one person or the other, they'll say anything. They will yep. say, they will like just whitewash every bad thing that's ever happened yep. just to try and convince you that that person is the greatest. And I, I'm, I really can't stand that and just drives me crazy yeah yeah and i think that that is definitely one of the things you also see these guys on the internet and <clears throat> that support one party or the other one candidate or the other that anything that even people on their own side that maybe they liked a couple of years ago all of a sudden that person's running against their guy and that person's the worst person in the world and it's like no guys let's just be honest you know we've got some really good people running for office and we're demonizing them and it doesn't really help at all. It just hurts. And the dishonesty doesn't help either. You know, you may win, but you don't win in the long run. And being dishonest is one of the things that frustrates me the most is that like we can sit down and have an honest conversation. Yeah. Trump's a butthole. Absolutely. There's no denying that anybody that's had business dealings or watched him. Absolutely. And, uh his character is probably in question in a lot of ways. But on the other side, you know, let's let's have an honest conversation about what would be best for us at this time. Yeah. And I don't think that we we need to have these, you know, whitewashed, you know, oh well, you know, don't worry about that. He's you know, he's obviously the greatest guy on the planet. And it's like, no, no, guys. He did good things. For your side, for sure. You know, I think that I agreed with some of the things he did. If you could have told me in 2015 when he came down that escalator that he would be the president that was instrumental in overturning Roe v. Wade, I would have laughed in your face because that's not who Donald Trump was. But yet, it happened. 
and it's like, wow. When that happened, I was like, holy cow. I know if you had that on your bingo card, you're a rich person. Yeah, it was. I remember I was working midnights at the time in 2016 and the election was going on and the results weren't in yet. And I had a weird shift. I can't remember. I had to get up at like three in the morning to go into work. It was a weird kind of half a shift or something. And I went to bed at like 10 or 11. They hadn't declared a winner yet and woke up at three in the morning and my wife's got the TV on. And her eyes are kind of wide open, and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, you're not going to believe what happened. Donald Trump just won, and as the president, I was like, what is going on? And the the crazy thing is, when it comes to politics, one of the things I, that I've noticed that seems very obvious to me is the reactions that some of us have to the other side winning or losing. If I'm voting for a particular president and the other side wins, I'm not going to break down and just no. go in the fetal position and cry <laughs> yeah. because and I'll probably feel like, oh man, this is this sucks. Yeah. This is gonna be a long four years. But it's not the end of the world. America we always have this back and forth. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what's going on lately with politics, there's still a lot of back and forth. Republican, Democrat, you know, nobody's been in power for a super long time in a real long time. And so, you know, get over it. Your person lost. All right, let's see what happens in the next four years. And maybe something else will happen. It is not the end of the world like some people make it out to be. There's, you know, we live in a big country, 50 states, all these local political local governments and it's a pretty you think about you know we got a pretty strong thing going here regardless of how crazy things are america's pretty solid when it comes to the the how it's built and the foundation and the network of of everything that's connected and uh, just one election is not going to be the end of the world so everybody calm down (laughs) things will be all right one way or the other uh but we can't be afraid to stand up and speak our minds. When it comes to a lot of these elections, we, you were talking about earlier about there are a lot of people that believe a certain way, but that don't necessarily vote perhaps the, the way they view things like on a Christian worldview. There's a lot of people that are just lazy about voting. There's a lot of people in America that just don't <coughs> get out and vote. And if we want things to change, people have got to get out and, and do that and stand up and take a stand and otherwise it's going to be it might be the same old thing for the next four years or eight years or however long it's going to be so hopefully people aren't afraid to say what they believe that's what we're trying to do in this format is reach out to people and and say what we believe is right and what we believe is true and hopefully we'll motivate other people to want to take a stand also and maybe we'll start to to change some minds not necessarily change minds but just kind of get the the tidal wave of support going mm-hmm. in the direction we need it to need it to so people just aren't sitting on the sidelines anymore and they realize oh man there's a it's like the mob mentality almost like i wasn't going to do anything but these five people are going this way so i guess i'll go this way and it's not like we're whitewashing anything or or, or tricking anybody it's just when you you realize when you're surrounded with like-minded people you're much more motivated to get involved. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that 
one of the things that we were talking about, we were talking about this before we went on the air, but I, I learned something today and looked it up and I was blown away by it because as Christians, we would think that it would just be automatic that we carry our worldview, the worldview of Christ and comparing everything with the word of God and lining that up with politics. The Bible never tells us not to be involved in politics, not once. It never says that. And for us to shy away from that, I think that this started a few years ago, uh, probably actually a couple of decades ago. And what happened was the church started to pull away from politics, sort of say, ah, we don't really want to talk about that stuff. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to be more broadly accepted in the community. So we're just not going to take these stands. So we, we pull away from politics. And then ironically, everything starts to become political. It's almost like the, the enemies of, of our faith have said, oh, you're not going to play the, polit- you're not going to be involved in politics. You're not going to speak out ab- about that. And I'm not saying that we should have political leaders in our pulpits. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that there are some specific things that that are very clear cut in, in Scripture that we should say, yeah, that's our worldview. That's what we should be carrying. And as it stands right now, the latest research from, from Q Research, which is one of the most reputable research um, companies in the or organizations in the world, is that the percentage of Christians that actually believe in a Christian worldview is 8%, which is, to me, that it was almost like my jaw dropped open when I saw that. I'm like, <clears throat> that's sad. And I think that's a direct result of people pulling out of politics and away from them and not really talking about any of those kind of things because they're messy. It is a messy thing and it can get ugly and it can get divisive. We should always carry love with us when we're talking about these things and not be that person that's, you know, hammering the other person over the head. But I do believe that speaking truth in love is the way that we combat that. And it's not to shy away. It's to say, no, this is what the scripture says. This is what God says about these these issues. And when we take that worldview then we can change our culture. Yeah, we can change a, our communities. There's a real easy solution to avoid the the sticky situations of politics and, and church and all that kind of stuff is this. Just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if the, the, if the, if the God's honest truth offends somebody, that's on them. That's mm-hmm. on the person being offended. Jesus said a lot of things, a lot of truth to a lot of people that didn't want to hear it. You know, to the to the rich people of the world. Guess what? You're not getting into heaven. Because you're so <laughs> consumed with your money. Because you care about your money more. Yep. That's the truth. Like wow, like that's pretty offensive <coughs> to a lot of people. Yep. But he said it because <laughs> it was true and people needed to hear it and he didn't shy away from saying those very obvious things so just you know align yourself with biblically what's true if you're a christian out there and you believe in jesus you believe in christianity you believe that uh, with all your heart then try to align your political beliefs with that Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't mean you're always going to find the perfect born-again Christian that's running for president to, to vote for. News flash for you, that's probably not going to happen. There's some pretty close people to that, but uh, that's not always going to be the case. So align the truth with your political beliefs as much as you possibly can. That's got to be a good place to start. And and you have to be, be honest with yourself about that and what some politicians believe and and pray about it and yes. go and go from there. Yeah, I think that we could use an example from the early church of what happened in the early days of the church. There was a lot of persecution in Rome for years. And then all of a sudden through the constant persistent persistent faith of Christians, they got an emperor that became a Christian, Constantine. And all of a sudden, everything changed. And we had this massive explosion inside of the country that was persecuting the Christians at one point. And then all of a sudden, it becomes the beacon where Christianity is being shared with the world. So I would say that in our country, it's a little bit different than that. We don't have an emperor. As much as the media and a lot of talking heads want to put so much stock in a presidential election, I would say that because of the way we are structured, there's this, there's this thing called the power of the lesser magistrate. Our local sheriff has more jurisdiction in our county than the governor of this state does, actually. In other words, to impose laws, he has to get the, the, the sheriff on board with him for, no. for those kinds of things. That is the power of the lesser magistrate. So I would say, at very least, get involved in your local area. At very yeah, least, absolutely. because that builds that builds the groundwork to change culture, not in just your first in your your county and then your region and then your state. And that's how change actually happens. It happens from the bottom up, from the grassroots, more than it does worrying about who the president is. Because the reality is the guy down the road has more say over your everyday life than the guy in Washington, D.C. does. Yeah, yeah, big time, no doubt about it. Um, you know, the other aspect about politics and kind of our Christian beliefs that is really big time in the news in the last couple of years is the whole social justice landscape of what's going on. And that's really a big one for me. So being in law enforcement for so long and being on the receiving end of the hate um, and the, the riots and all that kind of stuff, especially 2020 rolled around and George Floyd and all the riots that followed after that, all the social justice warriors really came out of the woodwork. And I would say most of the people that were supporting a lot of the social justice programs, I would say it's honest to say that most of those were probably liberal leaning folks mm-hmm. and, the people that were supporting the police in general were generally conservative folks. And that's got a big, that had a big time effect on a lot of people that were, you know, in law enforcement in America. We all know that most cops out there are good people doing the job for the right, for the right reason. And when you see police stations getting burned to the ground, uh, politicians trying to defund the police. It's still going on. New York City just had $150 million cut from its police budget. And you see things like that, and it's all politically driven based on theories 
that somebody's made up in a university somewhere about how they think things would work better if you know the police weren't so involved i'm here to tell you if the police the police are the saviors of your community they honest to god are and god bless all the military folks that are out there overseas shooting terrorists and and killing bad guys god bless their souls in the United States of America, there's one group of people keeping your town from burning down tonight. It's the police. And that's because, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Most of the people in this country are not good people. There's a lot of really good people. Of the 330 million people in America, <coughs> you know, the majority of them are probably pretty decent people. There is such a huge amount of the population in this country that are criminals and that are out to get you. It is overwhelming, and you wouldn't understand it unless you've seen it for yourself. And I've seen it for 30 years in small rural America. I can't even imagine what it's like in L.A. or Oakland or Washington, D.C., or Chicago, or all that. So when we talk about, well, you know what, we're going to take the side of the criminals because they've been you know, mistreated for so long, not to say that they haven't, but when you take the side of criminals versus the side of the police, you, know, you better be careful about who you're you know, going to bed with here. You're really making a deal with the devil because it's going to come back to get you. How many times have we seen politicians that try to, you know, ban guns, ban whatever. The next thing you know, they're on the news because they got carjacked. Literally happened. Like and last some year. politicians that are trying to get rid of guns actually have guns illegally to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. I think this happened up in Chicago somewhere where a couple a politician got carjacked and pulled a gun out and they spent their whole life saying that guns are bad. So when it, you know when you as law enforcement officer personally seeing a lot of the, the social justice you know hatred towards law enforcement it's it's very misguided it comes from a group of people that really don't really know what's going on they don't know what real life is all about if you make a decision to say you know what if somebody wants to go smash a window out of a store and steal thousands of dollars worth of stuff and we're not even going to keep them in jail, they're coming back to your store the next night mm-hmm. is going to happen. And so <coughs> we know that keeping people like that in jail helps protect the community. And yeah, it's expensive to keep people in jail. It's very expensive to send people to prison. And it's crazy to think that we've got, seven or 800,000 people in prison in America. The reason that is, is because there's seven or 800,000 people in America that have done some really horrible things and they knew what the law was. They knew what the risk was before they committed the crime. They realized that, you know, I could go do a home invasion. It's illegal. And I know if I get caught, I'm going to prison for 10 years, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's not our fault that 800,000 people are in prison in America. And, you know, we could debate all the prison stuff all night long and, and rehab and whether it works or not. 
and whether people should be, you know, we should be releasing them. We should be releasing people. You know, if you've been in prison for 50 years because you sold three ounces of crack cocaine to somebody, all right, we probably need to get this person out and get somebody else in there. Really needs to be in there. Yeah. I'm, I understand that. But on the small version of just the basic crime in your community and like what side are you on? Are you on the side of the criminal or on the side of police? And that's usually a big a political decision for a lot of people. And there's not, you know, I, I would hope there's some middle ground there. Like yeah. surely we could be, you know, anti-crime and pro-police at the same time. But there's a lot of people that just pick a side. Yeah. Like, no, these people burned the town down. We're going to bond them out and make sure they get out of jail. And that works great until the person gets out of jail and kills one of your family members. Then you're like, well, you know, what's it worth? We hear this this phrase a lot. If it just saves one life, it's worth it. You know, for gun control. If we can just save one life by banning all guns, it'd be worth it. Well, what if we could just save one life by keeping criminals in jail for a long time? Would that be worth it? Surely it would. Yeah. Surely it would. It's the same thing, right? So thus, we need to be intellectually honest and we see it on TV, especially with the social justice stuff. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's frustrating and it has kind of driven home my, my beliefs probably even more in the last couple of years by people really deciding who's, whose team you want to be on. You want to be on the team of law and order and the police, or do you want to be on the team of criminals and social justice. And the thing when it comes to social justice and our biblical beliefs, it seems like a lot of the social justice stuff is based on revenge. Like you did this to us for so long. So now we're going to do this to you. And that's not biblical. Mm -mm. You know, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. (coughs) So are we just supposed to forget about what happened to us? Love keeps no record of wrongs. That's what the Bible says. So, yep. like, are you supposed to just rip that page out of the Bible and throw it away and say, I'm going to get revenge on these people? You can not You can think that way. Just don't call yourself a Christian. Yeah. Because that's not where that type of attitude comes from. And so, you know, and so when we say base your politics on your religious beliefs, that's kind of part of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to adopt what the Bible and Jesus says into your Christian worldview. Uh, you know, you really need to try and see if those align where none of us are perfect. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have it aligned up with everything in our lives totally, but we should, we should have an open mind and, and let that drive us in that direction. No doubt about it. Yeah. I, I, amen and amen to that. I think that, uh, one of the things that I would say to further that point on social justice and social justice warriors, as we call them, is there are two different camps in that, I believe. I believe there are those that don't really know the ramifications of what they are actually uh, trying to get across through their protests and, and whatever. And then there's another group, a smaller group, but they're usually in control, that actually know what they're trying to do. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to break a, apart a country 
that they don't agree with what it's based on. Because the reality is, is when you read the origins of the founding of the country, those men were flawed. You know, we had slave owners that were in the, in the, uh, the founding that were part of the founding fathers. But I will say this, when they sat down and they wrote those documents, they based them on Judeo-Christian values, on biblical principles. And the reason I think that that is so hated is because it's counter to everything that everybody believes. We're, we're in reality, this culture, and I think that this is another call for why the church should be getting involved is because we're in a culture that is spiraling away from God and away from biblical, biblical principles. Benjamin Franklin said it best. This, this constitution is meant for a moral and religious people. That's why it worked for so long. That's why we're seeing so many people to say, it doesn't work now. It's bad. It's wrong. And what those people are rooted in is things that are proven to be failures. A lot of these people that are behind the scenes in these social justice groups are really, in, in fact, communists, and they believe in the communist ideas and ideals. And those things are proven failures. They're proven genocidal failures throughout history. And we can, we can march through that and see how many millions of people have lost their, lost their lives from those things. But I do think that we're kind of, as you have said several times, I don't know that we're going to go back. But there is a way for us to go back. And that's if good and moral and believing people get involved in the way that they can and they carry forth a Christian worldview to the world. Because if we're speaking the truth and the gospel and we are living that out, it's going to affect people. It's going to call people to repentance too, if we're doing it right. Not giving it platitudes or doing any of that kind of stuff. We are actually living that out on our daily basis. On a daily basis, we are acting the way that we believe. That's going to carry forth, and people are going to be inspired by that, and we're going to change lives, and we're going to change yeah. our communities. There's the last little thing I'll say about kind of politics and, and kind of some of my observations on what's going on right now, especially with the, the big media outlets, CNN, Fox, ABC, whatever. You see a lot of political talk where people in the news were always making fun of everybody, you know, whether it's, you know, crazy Joe Biden or, you know, Orange Man Trump or whatever. We're always calling everybody names. We're always making fun of people. And I think some of that comes from just some of that frustration we talk about. But let's just let's just talk about the facts. Like if we want to talk about something in the news about the other candidate, then just talk about it. Talk about what their policy is, whether you think that's worked or not. We kind of delve into the, the juvenile side of, of making fun and uh, of everybody. Now, you know, I'm all about comedy. I will, you know, there's there's a place, a, a time and a place for comedy, Saturday Night Live, Babylon B, whatever. Let's We can make fun of politicians. But as far as news organizations go, like, let's just have the news. And I think it's why you see a lot of these kind of more middle-of-the-road news uh, organizations popping up all over the place and there's a bunch of them mm-hmm. going on right now it's you know that's way outside the realm <laughs> of of the of the major outlets because people are kind of tired of that too you know fox news when they started it was were you know fair and balanced or we report you decide mm-hmm. and that was like refreshing because all the other news you knew inherently 
was for one side. They would never admit it or say it, but you knew that that was the case. And it was like, well, just come out and say it. So then you had Fox. It was like, we're just going to give you the news. Like, holy smokes. Well, now they're admittedly very conservative, and that's fine, and I've got no problem with that but because they're very upfront about it. There's still a lot of other organizations that are still trying to hide the fact mm-hmm. of what their political leanings are, and I wish they would just come out <laughs> and say yeah. it too. Just go ahead and, and have your – you know, your Democratic or liberal news outlet, which is CNN or MSNBC, and just say it. And Fox News is very conservative, and they can say it. And I don't think they shy away from saying it. I really wish they would all just stop with the juvenile and just kind of making fun of people a lot because I think that kind of drags down kind of what we're trying to accomplish. If you're reporting the news from a conservative standpoint and you're wanting to convince people to come to your side – uh, we got to be mature about it. Uh, you got to have, you know, give people dignity, some respect, even if you don't think they deserve it. You know, in my law enforcement career, the, the one thing that you could do to guarantee getting into a fight with some dude in the booking area of your police department was take their dignity away. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's all they got left. They, they don't have any money. They don't have a job. They got no place to live. And you start making fun of them. You could be in a serious, serious knockdown, drag out fight for your life because they're done with it. And so you got to, you know, if there's nothing else you leave with somebody, leave them, leave them with that. Yeah. Leave them with some, some dignity. So just be mature about us. Have a level of maturity if we're going to talk to each other, talk to somebody on TV about it, and maybe start from there. Yeah. That is <clears throat> words of wisdom for sure. And I think uh, as we close out, I think that what we could take away from this is that uh, the most important thing for us as Christians is to carry Jesus with us everywhere we go. And to, to not, not forcefully, but I think that the word impose, you know, it's not necessarily in a for, forceful context, but impose our Christian worldview wherever we go, you know. And that could look like we're sharing the gospel with somebody, but it also could look like, hey, I did a little bit of research, and I know that these candidates align closely with my worldview, so I'm going to vote for those people. And then I'm going to, I'm going to leave the rest to God. I'm going to say, God, I am going to vote for these people based off of the way I've educated myself, and I'm going to leave the rest to you because I'll leave it with a Bible verse. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. So if we want healing in this land, I think that the first thing that we have to do, we have to turn from our own sin. We have to turn from our own faults and failures. We have to seek God and we have to carry that worldview. It's not just for on Sunday when we go into church to act like a Christian. In fact, I would say that the other six days of the week are probably more important because we're out in the world. We're out among people that don't believe, and we want them to see Jesus in us because we know that the power of that changes lives. And I think that that is probably our commission as Christians in everything from the way we lead our families to the way that we vote should be aligned with God. Yeah, represent yourself as a Christian in any of your conversations with people about politics or whatever the case is. When you leave that conversation, people should think that you're a pretty good dude and wonder why you are. 
that there's something going on there and not that you are just dying to win the argument or to prove them wrong. You don't want to look like, you know, there's a saying, <laughs> I can't remember where it came from, but sometimes if you end up getting into a screaming argument with somebody and a third person walks in, you know, they might not be able to tell who the fool is yeah. because you've been drug into the middle of this thing and you you were had good intentions at first and now you're yelling and screaming at somebody. You know, and when I was a cop, we'd have a DUI, you know, DUI arrests were always the ones where the arrestee really wanted to argue and yell and get in your face a lot. And I see a lot of cops these days that are trying to convince the DUI arrestee of why they got arrested. Because it's always like, you ruined my life, you know, I'm going to lose my job, I can't believe you did this to me. And they want to argue about why you're ruining their life. And I learned as a police officer that you just don't argue with those people. Yeah. It's like arguing with this mic stand. You could convince this more of how wrong it is than you could a drunk person that's getting arrested for DUI. So don't, if you feel yourself getting into an argument and it's kind of the wheels are coming off, that's just probably time to step back and say like, all right, man, good talking to you. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Whatever. So yeah, that's, that's the, another biblical reference of casting pearls before swine. We don't want to argue with something that that it's it's pointless to argue with with certain people on certain subjects. Just know that, and you don't have to you don't have to get involved in those. Yeah, things. Represent yourself well and represent your faith well. Yep. Well, man, it's been a great discussion tonight, and um, no I'm really really enjoying where we're headed with this. And we would like to thank you guys once again for coming along for the journey with us. Uh, real quick. We actually just got some new merch in just yesterday. We got some hoodies in. I posted on some of our social media. Uh, hit up our website if you want to get any merch. Um, I've had a lot of people buy some of our T-shirts. We've got hoodies now. We've sold a couple of them. And uh, so we do have some limited quantities of that for the first run. And uh, so if you want one for Christmas coming up or you want to buy one for for that special someone in your life that listens to the podcast uh, feel free to hit us up on the website. Check out all of our social medias. We're dropping content there all the time, and that's just going to continue to ramp up. We've got a lot of really cool things planned. We've got some guests coming in in the next couple of months that are very, very. Uh, we're very excited about to talk about some really specific subjects that we think you guys are going to enjoy. And uh, but lastly, I would like to remind you guys that we are image bearers of Christ as we go into the world carry him with a, with you and act like you believe. We'll see you guys next time.